0: What's the real reason behind delays and congestion at airports and in the skies? Hi, everybody. I'm Bob Bowman, managing editor of Supply Chain Brain. And this is the Supply Chain Brain Podcast. Air traffic control privatization is a hot topic these days. Proponents say it's the key to making the system more efficient and dealing with the rash of delays that plague so many of the nation's airports today. Opponents argue that privatization will place too much power in the hands of airlines to the detriment of passengers, cargo, and smaller communities. That argument rages on, but my guest today has a more nuanced view. He is Michael Beata, president of ATH Group, Inc., a consultancy serving the air transportation industry. Bayada says debaters on both sides of the issues are missing the point if they blame the air traffic control system for the logjam. The solution, he says, lies with the airlines themselves, who aren't taking responsibility for their own operations, even as they lose billions of dollars a year as a result of system delays. We'll also hear Bayada's views on the controversial and long delayed Next Generation Air Transportation System, or NEXTGEN. So here is my conversation with Michael Bayada. Michael Beata, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, uh, Bob.
0: Michael, it's been almost two years since we on the podcast last spoke with Selena Shalat of the Alliance for Aviation Across America. They, of course, uh, are strongly opposing the concept of air traffic control privatization. I'm wondering, in that two years, what has changed in the debate? What has changed in the proposal? What has changed in terms of the direction of political winds, if anything, for that matter?
1: Well, for on the... Uh privatization side, the supporters of it have massaged the proposal to change the makeup of the board. On the operational side, nothing's changed. And that's where I get into my side of all this. I'm actually not against privatization per se. From an FAATC perspective, it's always good most times to get stuff outside of the government into private industry. I agree with that. The problem is the premises that are driving privatization, i.e. a more efficient air traffic control system, a reduction in delays, will in fact not happen because that's not the problem that the FAA and the air traffic control system face. So in other words, my question to those who support privatization is privatized to do what? What is the end goal of all of this? If it's to reduce delays, that certainly isn't going to happen.
0: Well, it's interesting. In a recent article in the Journal of Air Traffic Control, you say that it's probable that ATC privatization could reduce ATC and government costs, could lead to a better internally run ATC system, but you say that's not really the point. What is the point? What is the problem that you think needs to be addressed here, which leads to potential opposition to the concept of privatization?
1: The whole problem stems around for the makeup of our national airspace system. And The NAS, which is the abbreviation of the National Airspace System, is really a day of logistics and supply chain problem. And what happens is currently that's completely unmanaged in real time. Airlines basically launch their aircraft off the gate, turn over full control of that aircraft to the air traffic control system unnecessarily, I might add, and then wait for the outcome at the other end, hoping and praying that the outcome is good It's just not a way to run any business, especially one that's so time-sensitive as the movement of the aircraft and the movement of the passengers and cargo.
0: Well, explain to me what you mean by day of. What, what does that term
1: actually describe? When I look at this, airlines plan schedules months in advance. They plan gates assigned to those arriving aircraft months in advance. And then on the day of, the day of your flight as a passenger, they have a schedule to meet. And of course, that's any business has that. A process has to have some type of schedule and design around it to meet some specific goal. Well, in the airlines, the goal should be to put you as a passenger smiling at the destination curve on time, faster, better, more profitably over and over and over again. So day of says, that's my day of production. So in a manufacturing sense... It's the actual building of the car and all the supply chain stuff that comes before it leads to that car. Well, in the airline business, all of that planning that comes before now has to be executed. There's a quote by a gentleman from IBM called Lewis Gerstner. He was the former CEO years ago. And he says, it's all about who execute best wins. So the day of is about executing the schedule as planned to meet the highest quality and standards for the flying public.
0: Well, that sounds like every business process of every company in existence. In other words, you have planning, and then planning runs up against the real world on the day of manufacturing or the day of delivery. What is the alternative? Are you proposing that there should be an alternative to the day of operation of airlines, and if so,
1: what? It's not so much, I wouldn't call it an alternative to the day of, because you're going to have the day of, it's the execution. The alternative is how you manage that. Right now, it's completely unmanaged in real time. It's what the military calls fire and forget. In battles, you want to fire a missile off and then completely forget about it and go on to the next task. That's not a good way to run an airline. And as the airplane pulls off the gate, and I was a commercial airline pilot for 35 years and an Air Force pilot before that, it's all about how do you execute to get that airplane where it needs to be and when it needs to be there. But first, before you do that, you have to determine what the best outcome is. And that's something airlines just simply don't do. As I said, it's launch and forget and turning over control to the air traffic control system unnecessarily. Airlines have huge amount of flexibility in the movement of the flight that they just simply don't manage. And what that leads to is lots and lots of chaos that you see around the Chicago, Atlanta, Dallas, LaGuardia, et cetera.
0: Well, I'm not sure what you mean when you say turning over control unnecessarily. I mean, isn't it the case that the tower has control for takeoff and landing and aircraft within proximity to an airport, but once you get away from that, then you're in the system. Or should you not, by definition, be turning over control to the air traffic control system, to the in-flight
1: system? There's two parts of the in-flight system. One is separation which air traffic control has complete authority over if i as a pilot i'm going to hit you as a pilot in the next 20 minutes i rely on the uh, professionalism of the air traffic controllers to prevent that from happening i'm absolutely 100 percent behind that that's what all pilots and passengers want the problem comes into sequencing and how that is put together right now if you let 90 aircraft approach an airport where you can land 60 in an hour, that overloads the system. And just like any manufacturing, having inventory standing by waiting is not a very efficient way to run the operation. It also decreases safety in some respects, not a lot, but some, in that what you end up with is that 20 to 30 mile downwinds in terms of final approaches from the runway. You basically fly out 20, 30 miles from the airport and then fly back to the airport It just overloads the system, causes the air traffic control system to become stressed, which you don't want. And you now put huge amounts of variability in the actual arrival time of the aircraft. The alternative, which I suggest, is that airlines two, three, four hours prior to landing would take up the management of that flight and then coordinate that with air traffic control. For example, if you have a tightly packed queue of 30 aircraft that are approaching chicago the end result is that air traffic control will take the first one leave it alone the second one move it back the third back farther forth etc and they do that simply because by the time they get the problem it reaches their desk the only solution they have is to basically de-peak or smooth that flow out backwards in time very inefficient the airline on the other hand who can see the movement of the aircraft the data is there. I mean, even if any of your listeners can go on to trip.com or some of the other services and actually see all the aircraft flying over the United States. And taking that position data, determining when the aircraft is going to arrive and whether that has value or not. For example, I used to ask the co-pilots when I used to fly, what time should we land? That's an obvious question for not only the pilots, but the airline. But it's not one that's ever asked. And after a little hemming and hawing, the co-pilot would usually come up to the answer, well, we need to land on schedule, which is a very good first answer. The problem is, what if your gate's occupied for 10 minutes after your scheduled arrival time? The data is there to determine that, and you might want to slow down, which reduces your fuel burns and cr- decreases costs. Also, it frees up a landing slot that somebody that's late could utilize, and the end result is it's more efficient. Or what if you have a maintenance item that is a 50-minute maintenance item and a 30-minute turn time? Well, then you want to go as fast as possible to get on the ground to increase the available time for the mechanics to fix that problem and still get on time or close to on time on the departure.
0: Are you saying that airlines should be cooperating with one another to come up with a smoothing system before they present it to the tower, to the FAA system. If so, these are obviously entities competing with one another. Are you suggesting they need to be cooperating at the same time?
1: No. Uh, That obviously leads to antitrust-type issues. What I'm suggesting is that a specific airline looks at every one of its flights landing, determine what's the optimum time for that flight to land in terms of how fast it can speed up or slow down, is the gate available? Is maintenance required? Is the crew legal? Or are connections made? And make a determination on an aircraft-by-aircraft basis a more optimal time for that flight to land. Once it has that in relation to not only its flights, but every other flight going forward, because you can see not only, for example, United Airlines can see Americans' flights going into Chicago. Uh, they don't know what the mm-hmm. American wants with them, and there's no coordination directly but they can see them and understand what the possibilities are, United would then take and coordinate their wants with air traffic control. In other words, if XYZ airline decided it wanted for the most profitable solution that it could calculate to land its flight at 1230, it would then determine the 1230 time and then coordinate that with air traffic control, not the other airlines. And the air traffic control system would then act as what we call an honest broker. In other words, they would do the coordination so you would never have United American or United and Delta or American directly coordinating Mm -hmm. because that would be problematic, right? I want to bring the issue of
0: privatization back into this, though. Yes. How does that relate to the system that you just described? Would it not be feasible or possible for it still to be a privatized thing and thereby leading to some of these advantages and reduced costs, better internally run system. At the same
1: time, they're implementing what you propose. Why not privatization? You're absolutely correct. It could lead to that. The problem is privatization will take three, five, ten years to work its way through the system. And currently, most people believe privatization is a way to make the ATC system better. The problem is not the ATC system. That doesn't need to be better because that will never resolve the delay problem. It's only the airlines determining what they think is best and pre-sorting the flow to make that happen. So privatization could lead to what I propose. There's nothing stopping it. It's just a five, ten-year delay while you sort things out and realize what we're doing isn't working. So right now, privatization... Is simply about doing what we're currently doing better and less expensively. But what we're doing has not worked for the 40 years that I've been involved in ATC and airline operational issues. Literally, the government has spent billions of dollars on solutions that have not produced the desired result. And I can give you a long list of Alphabet soup solutions, MLS, AAS, I Triple S, GPS, fans, et cetera, et cetera. Stop yes. right there. Yeah. I know there's way, way too many of those. Right. They're trying to solve the symptom when, in fact, you really need to solve the problem, this unmanaged flow of materials.
0: I don't hear you making the argument that many people who oppose ATC privatization have made that is concern over the power of the system in the hands of the airlines themselves to the detriment of the passenger, to the detriment of smaller communities. The idea that government is a better place, a more neutral, disinterested place to control this, and it shouldn't be in private hands, that doesn't seem to be One of your arguments.
1: I'm not as strong in that area. It's just not what I'm expert on. There are concerns that the airlines who don't pay attention to the movement of the airplane, if they had more control, would obviously continue the current path of telling the air traffic control system to work harder, do better and solve this. The policy issues of who controls the board, what happens is not as much uh, my level of expertise.
0: Do you worry at all about the trend of airline mergers where we're down to just a handful of very powerful carriers, therefore potentially more power to dictate routes and services uh, again to the detriment perhaps of smaller communities? Is that a concern at all?
1: Yes and no. First of all, obviously, since the Deregulation Act of 1978, airlines can pretty much fly anywhere they want in the United States, right, is what we're talking about with privatization. The ability to do that is there now and will be there under privatization. The question then becomes, will air traffic control under a privatized system put limits on something? That I'm not as concerned about. I think it's just more... Where do the dollars go? If you're just an airline and you think the air traffic control system is the problem, which most airlines do, it's they don't believe it's their problem, which I believe, they're going to just throw more money at the air traffic control system, which won't resolve anything and basically continue more congestion and higher cost for the airlines, which then leads to less service, right? Because if I can't fly a 737 into Boise because it's too expensive. I now slowly cut back service to these smaller airports. So that's how I see it happening, not so much any control from a privatized system.
0: I stopped you from rattling off all that alphabet soup about all those attempts over the years to improve the system. Of course, the big one now, the big all-embracing program, the next-gen air transportation system – where are we on that now and why the hell has it taken so long to come
1: into fruition if indeed it even has at this point? Well, it's next gen just like privatization has no clear-cut goals, no clear-cut benefits. I mean, from an, the engineer in me and I, although I was trained as an engineer, I'm not I really haven't been one. I've been a pilot for 40 years. The end result is that you have to define the problem. Then as the engineer in me says, then you have to look for solutions. And then you have to look for the benefits of those solutions. Unfortunately, everybody starts with the assumption in the air traffic control world, and this goes for privatization and next gen, that the ATC system is the problem. And that's simply not the case my 40 years have taught me in terms of how this, why we get to the problems we do. So next gen has been on the boards for 10 years. And has, again, just like all the other Alphabet Soup solutions, have not produced the desired result. After 40 plus years, you would think that if what you're doing isn't working, continuing to do that with new technology and throwing money at it is simply not the right answer. What is the potential
0: for what you are proposing to become a reality? What support do you have and what percent chance would you give it of actually happening?
1: Support is growing, although limited. I would give it maybe a 30 to 40% chance currently because airlines are absolutely convinced, and I use a quote from Mark Twain it's what we know for sure that just ain't so that gets us into trouble. And airlines know for sure that what (laughs) operational excellence and real time flight management by the individual airlines is impossible. That's not the case, but that's the belief. That's the reality. Airlines know for sure that in-flight management of their aircraft and control and management of those aircraft in real time simply is way too expensive. Again, that's not true, but that's the reality and belief. And then thirdly, airlines know for 100% sure that delays and congestion are not the airline's problem. It's an air traffic control problem. Again, that's not the case but that's their belief. So you have to convince airlines that this is in their best interest. And it is because we're literally talking for individual airlines, three to $4 billion a year in losses simply for the pleasure of doing what they've always done. Imagine getting back to the supply chain side of this. Imagine trying to run a General Motors manufacturing facility day of With absolutely uh, no supply chain tools, no logistic tools, you just sit at the, the loading dock and wait for the parts to show up. It doesn't work very well anymore, and the same principle applies to the airlines.
0: Well, that certainly is a fresh angle on the problem and uh, adds some interesting challenges and observations to an issue that maybe isn't quite so cut and dried as we've been led to think when it comes to ATC privatization. But, uh, Michael Bayada, I want to thank you so much for taking time to talk to us. Obviously, there's so much more we could say about this. That article that you wrote, which we all link to in the Journal of Air Traffic Control, is much, much more complex and has many more points of, of interest to make. But in the meantime, I want to thank you very much for being with us. Thanks so much. Thank you, Bob. That was my conversation with Michael Bayada of ATH Group, Inc., talking about the solution to air traffic congestion and delays. We're online at www.supplychainbrain.com, where we post a new episode of this podcast for streaming or downloading every Friday. You can also read my Think Tank blog, watch thousands of videos, and access all of our other content, including the digital edition of our magazine. Look for us on Facebook and LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter, at SCBrain. You can also download or subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Got any comments or suggestions on this or any episode? Email me at rbowman at supplychainbrain.com. See you next time.